Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging trends in today's housing market because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton with Realty One Group Pacifica, and I am joined by LaDonna Page with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. We're here. We're here. Hi, everybody. So today we are talking about investors entering the market. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Why they're entering the market, what it means that they're entering the market, and all sorts of jazz about investors. Yes. We spent a lot of time on the podcast talking about, um, you know, the first-time buyers, should you buy a house, should you not buy a house, yada, yada. But hopefully we have listeners who have, you know, a house, maybe two, maybe three, that still want to hear our take on the investment side of everything. Absolutely. We actually, I kind of know that we do because <laughs> you have friends. Because I have friends. Ladonna has honestly better friends than me. This is a call out. Like I'm, I'm calling out all of my friends who don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Shame on you. But I was actually saying when we first came in here that um, my husband doesn't listen because he gets secondhand embarrassment from me. <laughs> so I'm sure some of my friends feel the same way, where they're like, "We know Katie too well, and we just cannot listen to her ramble about real estate." So. <laughs> anymore (laughs) for those people i will give you a pass because i understand the secondhand embarrassment things but also weren't you like admittedly not posting the episodes on social media the way that you wanted to yes so maybe some maybe some of your friends don't know about it yet katie okay fine I'll do a better job. You guys do a better <laughs> job listening and we'll all be so happy. I'm going to like leave yes. little clues in the podcast and then later I'll ask my friends about it and, <laughs> and then I'll test them to see if they listen. That'll be fun. Just kidding. I won't do that. That is like so mean. <laughs> I will not do that. Okay. So we are in talking about investors and LaDonna is going to hit us with an interesting little um, stat. Right shall now? You, yeah. Shall you go on? <laughs> so... Um, A big, big part of why I wanted to talk about this today was that funded investors, which meant investors that got a loan to purchase that property, made up 17% of all of the sales in October. And And that's countrywide. Yeah, and this is countrywide. Mm -hmm. This is whole nation. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not our local market. Um, And I'm going to hit on this a little bit later when I talk about second tier cities um and where the Kelso Longview I believe falls on tiers of cities um and and why we might not be included in that but we're still seeing investors coming into our market right now but they're just they're hitting the market at a much higher rate than they have in the past months um especially that funded part of it you know that's huge um and The cash buyers make up a large portion. We'll talk about that today as well. Um, And so I think that we're going to have a really good episode. And it's just all about those investors entering the market and what maybe that means for us. Yeah. So before we get into it, I will bring you a word from our sponsors. Yes. Again, you can listen to Not Your Mother's Housing Market on KellettsPodcast.com. So this is a word from the Kellett's Podcast Network sponsors. Taking care of your mental health is just as important as your physical health. At Columbia Wellness, we offer behavior health care for all ages. From telehealth counseling to inpatient addiction care, we offer the level of support your mind needs. Don't wait to enjoy life again. Give us a call at 360-423-0203. At Columbia Wellness, your wellness is our passion. And we are back. 
<laughs> Maybe. <We are laughs> After some major technical difficulties. We did. But I think it's looking like we're on track at the moment. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. Um, can I just say this is completely a side note, but um I did the smallest favor for someone the other day and they gave me a hundred dollar red leaf gift card. Wow. That's why you bought me coffee. <laughs> yes. Thanks. So after this whole debacle of like for the last fifteen minutes trying to play the Callet's Smart Hub commercial, I'm like, I'm getting I'm getting another red leaf after I leave here. <laughs> But it's fine because I have a $100 gift card. That's awesome. I'm never drinking water again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel so rich. <laughs> My daughter rich got $6 coffee. the other day from her grandpa, and she's like, I'm basically rich. That's Aww. how I feel with my $100 gift card to Red Leaf. <laughs> okay. Um, if I was smart, I would have her invest those $6. Yes. And become a little five-year-old investor. Yes. And that is our segue back into... Right into Bitcoin. <laughs> Right into Bitcoin. <laughs> Not what we're talking about, but investing, real estate investing. Yes. Investors, investing. Investors. Let's investing. invest in this episode and get some things talked about. Yes. So I can go have another red leaf. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So you're saying that over the last year, or no, I, over the last month. In October, yeah. In the country. Yes. 17% of the homes that were purchased were purchased by investors. 17% of the homes that were purchased were purchased by investors using loans to okay. purchase. Okay. Okay. But you and I know the vast majority of investors use cash. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a friend, and I'm sure you know people as well. Um, he specifically uses cash to purchase homes to flip. Mm -hmm. um, and this year was his biggest year to purchase because okay. because everything's working out so well yeah <laughs> for those investors but we're really seeing a giant jump in investors entering the market mm -hmm. um and snapping up homes and you've mentioned it you know investors mm -hmm. <laughs> um so 24 percent of all sales for October were 100% cash purchases. Holy moly. Right. I will say, though, caveat, because I'm constantly counseling my seller clients, and they're saying, oh, it's fine. We don't have to worry about low appraisals. We don't have to worry about anything. We're going to put our house on the market, and we're going to get a cash offer, like, tomorrow. And that is not really happening in our market. Our personal market, you know, we're a smaller town. Mm-hmm. So you, why don't you get into the tiers for us? Okay, so tier-wise, I'm going to use some local cities. Um, so to we're tier-ranking cities. Right. Okay. So first-tier cities, Seattle, Tacoma. Okay. Second-tier cities, um, Olympia. Okay. It's not. Tacoma is a first-tier city? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty big. Its market is pretty huge. Okay, go um, on, go on. You know, Portland is first tier, second mm -hmm. tier Salem. Okay. Um, for Vancouver? Similar, Vancouver. First tier, second tier. Second, second tier? Second tier. Because it's smaller. Right. It's okay. smaller. Okay. Um, it's smaller. It's housing prices are lower. All that good stuff. Okay. Um, so Longview, Kelso area, we're, we're coming in at the bottom. Like, okay. <laughs> How many tiers are there? There's four that are watched, and there's a ton of cities that fall below okay. what's 
fourth. So we're not really being um, watched. We're even. not even okay. really being watched. We don't, <laughs> we, we just mm-hmm. don't have the market, um, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That makes it so that a lot of this doesn't really affect us and we kind of create our own housing market. Okay. Um, which is fun in and of itself. But mm-hmm. nationwide, we're seeing huge jumps in investors. And you and I have talked about this. A lot of times our market is slower to get to the trend. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talked about appraisal gaps, we were a few months behind Portland and Seattle in mm-hmm. appraisal gaps. Yeah. Um, same thing with this. I predict that we are a few months behind larger cities. So you think the investors are coming? I think the investors are coming. They've heard about us. They've heard about us. Okay. And actually, like, geographically where we're located, there's investors here already. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so 24% of all sales were cash, and the vast majority of investors use cash to purchase. So we can assume that a lot of those were investors as well. Mm-hmm. That's a huge bunch of investors that have entered the market. Mm-hmm. And a so when investors enter the real estate market, they make money through appreciation and through rent that they earn from that property. Mm-hmm. And then what other kind of other businesses they can run out of that, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where they make their money. And right now, the other thing we're seeing is rental prices going through the roof mm-hmm. right we talked about this earlier about how you can't rent a house for two thousand dollars right <laughs> but a lot of mortgages in our area are still coming in either right at two thousand dollars or a little under mm-hmm. because because of our housing prices and our interest rates but you can't rent it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. If there was ever a time to set yourself up to buy, now is it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that leads us into the conversation of why. Why would investors be entering the market right now when, you know, there are predictions that the market is going to take a downturn. There are predictions that, um, or not predictions, the market is super high. And I right. guess it's maybe a misnomer that investors buy low. Right. So we go back to that buying power formula where we Mm -hmm. compare your interest rate against your house prices. Mm -hmm. So we've seen house prices come down just a schmeckle. Like they just Mm -hmm. really have not come down a lot. Mm -hmm. They've come down a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But interest rates have come up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So your buying power has shifted a spindon. And that's the reason that funded investors are starting to come in is because we're projecting that interest rates go up again in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. and again in the first quarter of 2022. Mm -hmm. So at least those two quarters, we're going to see the interest rates come up a little bit more and they might come down in the second quarter, but we're not sure yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have a magic eight ball, so (laughs) I can't tell you the future. Right. Um, But for certain, right now, we're seeing rates come up. Housing prices have dropped a little bit. So they're feeling like this is the moment Mm -hmm. to come in. Because if I'm going to use funded dollars to do this, 
this is my moment. And that does make sense because I think the cash investors have always been there. Right. And they'll continue to be there. Yes. The cash investors are there. They've been there, you know, in our market right now, we do still see people buying investment properties. I'm about to list one actually, but they're the houses that need a lot of work. They can't get financed. There is no like primary residential market. There are not people buying those houses to live in them because they cannot get a loan on them. It's the people with cash that are coming in, buying the homes, flipping them, getting them to a place where they are able to have someone qualify for a loan on that home and then selling them. Right, exactly. Or renting them. Yeah, same scenario my friend is in. Mm -hmm. He purchased a bunch of houses that need work, Mm -hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) And, And where I couldn't do a loan on those, he can purchase them for cash put a little bit more cash into him, mm-hmm. get a lot more cash out of it when yeah. he sells. Well, and we need those buyers and sellers. We need those flippers because right. otherwise these houses, first of all, the sellers can't sell them. Um, and, you know, it might be someone who's lived in the house 40 years and just hasn't been keeping up on the maintenance. And it's a completely like safe, technically, house to live in. But because it isn't up to like lenders codes, like maybe it needs a new roof in the next right. few years or, you know, there are other issues with the home. Um, they can't sell it with a loan product. So either someone has to come in with cash and purchase it from them, or that house just falls into further dilapidation. The seller can't get out from under it. If forecloses, blah, 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 blah. Right, right. So yeah, flippers are a very important part of our ecosystem mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, they totally are. And I think sometimes they get a bad name, but it's like they're purchasing houses that really cannot be purchased by someone who wants to buy a house and live in it. Right, yeah. And they're getting those houses. They're actually creating more inventory for those people that want to purchase their first home but need a loan to do so. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So that makes sense because those people have already been there. They've been there through this entire thing. Um, But it is interesting now that you talk about the fact that, okay, maybe the word investor, maybe what that means is changing a little bit where, you know, not your mother's housing market. Maybe we thought to be an investor you had to have cash to purchase investments, but now there's a set of investors who are coming in and they have enough cash to, you know, meet the high standards that a loan needs to lend them money on a, on a secondary or, you know, a rental property, but they don't have enough cash to purchase it outright. Or maybe, maybe it's just in their strategy. Maybe they have the cash for it, but they would rather leverage that cash. And so they're, you know, still using a loan to purchase these rentals. Right. Yeah. So my liabilities license, (laughs) liabilities manager, that like all of that teaching has taught me that, you know, like you're better off sticking your cash in some sort of savings IRA, investing mm-hmm. it somewhere else mm-hmm. versus putting it into a house because houses just don't appreciate and make money the way that in other investments do. They're mm-hmm. extremely stable and they're extremely safe and I 100% back um, investing in properties, but it is a slower more, burn. It's more beneficial for your dollars over the long term to have loans on those properties than it is for you to just invest all of your cash in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, one of the things that this, that these stats do not take into consideration at all Mm -hmm. is deferred lending. 
So where someone goes out and purchases a home with cash. Mm-hmm. And then within the first 90 days, they go and they do a deferred loan on it. Um, like a cash out refi? Or um, like what? Basically, you come in and you say, look, I just purchased this house for cash because it's what my real estate agent recommended. It's because that's the offer that got accepted, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had the cash. I wanted to do it. So I just bought this house. But what's actually better for me, because I was talking to my liabilities manager, and I want a loan on this property. And I'm going to, so I want you to give me a loan and give me all my cash back, basically. Mm-hmm. So cash out refi. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of looks like that, but it's mm-hmm. a little, it's a little different. And it's got better tax benefits. Okay. Well, and that's kind of where, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's been wanting to invest lately has heard of like the Burr method. Right. So that's kind of where that comes in, where it's like, I'm going to buy this house with cash. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to get a loan on it. I'm going to take out the cash and I'm going to buy another house with cash. Right. Absolutely. And I'm going to turn around and get a loan on that and get my cash back out and buy another house with cash. And that's just how you keep building your portfolio. I know. That's my end goal. <laughs> Pray for me, people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, and a lot of first time home buyers, that's. Mm-hmm. That's how I got in the game. Okay. I, you know, I purchased my first home, moved out, rented it, mm-hmm. purchased my set, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and I you think. you just keep building on it that way. You build from the one. Right. I guess the thing that's interesting about this conversation to me, and full disclosure, everyone who is listening, like, I am talking out these concepts with having nothing planned that I'm going to say. <laughs> I planned everything and Katie just showed up. Showed up and, and with it's coffee. <laughs> with co- she came with coffee, guys. <laughs> LaDonna, if you ever want to buy her coffee, she takes a dirty chai. <laughs> Do. With two shots. <laughs> yes. I didn't know what a dirty chai was. And they're like, how many shots do you want? And I was like, none. And then they're like, then that's not a dirty chai. And I'm like, whatever you say. Whatever you say, barista. Um, yeah. So anyway, back on track. <laughs> um, so full disclosure, I am just talking through these concepts. So I'm hoping I'm making some sort of sense. But, you know, sometimes I think these episodes are good because one of us comes in with like the talking points and the other is kind of having a conversation that you would have on the fly with maybe someone who calls and is interested in investing. Right. You know, so hopefully I am speaking for you, the people right now. But anyway, um, when you told me the numbers, I kind of think that this whole conversation is just like, why? What does it mean? What is it forecasting? Is that saying that investors think that the market is stable, that they think that the market is going to continue to go up? Or is that is this removed from that conversation almost entirely? And does it more speak to the fact that um, there are different ways to invest and different strategies to like hold properties that maybe don't make sense to someone who's just buying a single family home. I cannot tell you what's in other investors' heads, but I can mm-hmm. tell you that I think all of that plays a little bit of it, mm-hmm. plays into it. Um, especially the last bit where it's kind of a whole conversation of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because the investor market is a little bit of its own, Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of flippers come in and they purchase a $40,000 home. Mm-hmm. And if where, you can find one. R- right. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously this is a foreclosed home. Like, yeah, it's yeah. probably gone up for auction. Um, it 
probably needs a ton of work. Mm-hmm. But you purchase it for $40,000 and you flip it and you can make $100,000 and then you take it to your next one and same process. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of make their own market. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when we see investors come in, everybody kind of goes, whoa, wait a minute. What's happening? What's happening? What is this? What's going to shift? Because as they come in to the market, first of all, they are taking houses off the market that other families could come in and purchase Mm -hmm. for a first time home. Not not so much the cash people, I would say, but more the people that are investing that are getting loans on properties, buying houses that can get loans on them. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we're looking at, you know, our our median income nationwide or our median housing price nationwide has gone up 13 percent this year. Right. Which is huge. Mm -hmm. And so investors have largely contributed to that okay because for every house that they take off the market mm-hmm. that makes our supply and demand for for first-time home buyer sally mm-hmm. to come in and so that mm-hmm. makes her house cost more right because supply and demand and inventory and all of that mm-hmm. um so they do affect mm-hmm. the market as mm-hmm. a whole and that's why we're taking a pause and we're looking at it and we're saying what's going on right now. And so from my research, what I found was the biggest contributing factors to this was the rise in rental prices mm-hmm. and the fact that rate versus house price has kind of stabilized. Mm-hmm. It's not one is super low and the other is super high. It's more kind of coming back together. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, a big part of the why now, these people have probably, especially if they're first-time investors, have probably wanted to buy a rental property for a long time, have been planning to buy a rental property for a long time. And like you said, with the interest rates going up a little bit, they're like, ooh, I better hurry up and do this now. But also, I think a gigantic part of it is the fact that, eviction moratoriums are largely on the way out on the way out yeah i can't speak for every municipality Mm -hmm. but eviction moratoriums nationwide i mean the nation moratorium Mm -hmm. has has halted the i believe the state what i believe washington state removed theirs but then some cities put one in place okay yeah um like i know that some parts of seattle still have a rental moratorium on them mm-hmm. or eviction mor- moratorium yeah but um but with that eviction moratorium because that's a scary time to be a landlord yeah absolutely because absolutely i mean people that that couldn't you know pay bills or whatever i don't want anyone to lose their home because of covid reasons right but it's scary when you look at the ramifications of being a landlord in that situation it's like there are too many variables too many unknowns so i think that it maybe the reason that there's such a sudden increase is less about the fact that um these people maybe it's just the floodgates have been opened because we haven't people haven't been purchasing rental properties for the last year right that rental the eviction moratorium really halted a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. you were advising against people doing rent backs mm-hmm. because it created a scene of 
You became a landlord. You became a landlord on accident when yeah. you really wanted to just move into that house. Yes. Um, and if you did a contingent loan, you are now homeless and somebody else is living in your home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, it created a giant ugly scene. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was really scary when, um, you know, I, I own a rental property. And when those moratoriums went into place, I went, oh, man, that really affects you know, my nest egg, mm-hmm. because my nest egg is set up for my situation, <laughs> my own personal situation mm-hmm. outside of my rental property, because my rental property just kind of takes care of itself yeah. in the essence of the money just goes into one account and comes out of one account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I just, you don't play with it. Um, but if there's no money coming in, then I have to take money out of my own personal nest egg versus the house nest egg to mm-hmm. replenish that bucket. Right. So that was really scary because that affected how long my nest egg was going to last. Mm-hmm. But now that, now that I have the power to evict somebody that isn't paying their rent, mm-hmm. that changes it. Well, and it, it forced it a people to where, um, People that were trying to sell rentals, like people that already had tenants in place, Mm -hmm. even if the tenants were awesome and great and wonderful, um, nobody was buying their houses because it was like, if I'm going to take the risk, I want to take the risk on someone that I chose and I vetted to be a tenant and not someone that I don't know that somebody else vetted. Right. So now those homes are selling more easily as well. Exactly. Because you can sell a home with a tenant now, where a few months ago, it was like near impossible to sell a home with a tenant, even if the tenant was lovely. Right. Because because I would want to come in with huge reserves. Yeah. Versus a mediocre reserve. Mm-hmm. Because I, want, I would want to be prepared mm-hmm. for somebody to not be making their mortgage or their rental payment mm-hmm. for months right. on end versus, you know... You can generally look at rental reserves and go, okay, I've got four or five months, Mm -hmm. whereas there was no end on some of these moratoriums. Right. (laughs) And then they got extended and people just lost a lot of faith in them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, landlords were losing a lot of faith in them. The Mm -hmm. renters were protected. And I 100% believe in protecting the renters. We've had, um, so my rental property is, in a military town right next to a military base. Almost Mm -hmm. all of my renters have been military people. And in government shutdowns, when there's been talk of halting military pay and stuff like that, we've always sent a note to our tenants saying, you know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We know you're going to get paid and you'll get back paid. Yeah. And then you can pay it and we're not going to charge you a late fee. Right. Um, Because... They're I'm, extenuating circumstances. Right. They're extenuating mm-hmm. circumstances like COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, same kind of extenuating circumstances. And we want people to be protected in their homes. It's better mm-hmm. for people to be in a home protected than houseless. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely, I think that those moratoriums play a huge bit in this. Mm-hmm. And so really, it's kind of a good thing to see all these investors coming back because part of it is just like an an awakening of a different part of the market that's kind of been sleeping for the past two years. Right, exactly. Well, and not all investors are created equal. So, you know, you have the investors that are purchasing homes to hold long term as rentals. Right. 
And those are very, very different people. I would say not even just different strategies, just a lot of times very different people than oh, the yeah. people that are flipping homes. Right. Flipping yeah. is risky business. And I think a lot of the people that are flipping right now, they're not necessarily saying, oh, I think the market's going to keep going up or I think the market's going to stay stable or I don't think there's going to be a dip in the market. They're saying there's probably going to be a dip in the market and I'm going to bust my booty to get this flipped and sold before that happens. Exactly. Risky business. Exactly. It's, it is not a game that I am mentally prepared to play. Oh my, no, <laughs> it is not a game I'm mentally prepared to play too. I, either. I definitely like, I give it up to the flippers. Like that's awesome. I can't hang. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so where flippers need the market, they need to finish their flip while the market is still stable. Mm -hmm. But people that are buying rental properties are not necessarily as worried because just like with just like with stocks, they know that there's going to come dips. They know that there are going to be times where maybe right. they're even upside down, but they know if they hold it long term, um, they're going to come up on top. Yeah, 100%. Um, mm -hmm. If you can hold a rental property for a long time, I rare is the day that you hear man i wish i would have sold that property sooner oh yeah totally um because totally. where it goes it, you know it's the whole two steps forward one step back two mm -hmm. steps forward one step back and it, you know you can look at housing trends and prices and everything and it is a stair step it, it goes mm -hmm. up and it goes down and it, you know and but but it always 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 goes up yeah <laughs> you know? yeah 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 well, and, you know, I would love at some point, we need to have a tax person come in. I think we talked about this the other day, but we need to interview a tax person because part of it too is, you know, sometimes for tax purposes, you kind of want things to come out even. Like it, you don't always, it just because the property isn't immediately making you money or, you know, you're coming out with mm -hmm. a net positive, sometimes it's good to break even on things. Well, like, yeah, because like that property. means there's more I can write off. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> In the tax game. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. So there are investors where it's like, okay, I know I'm just breaking even, but like that's fine with my strategy. Right. Right. Yeah, it 100% depends on your strategy mm -hmm. in and of yourself on whether or not you can be in that game, mm -hmm. you know, and whether or not you... There's a lot of people I know that are just like, I do not ever want to own a rental property because I don't want to have to deal with tenants. Yeah. I'm kind of living this like 50, 50 shared life mm -hmm. <laughs> because mine's far away and I have a rental agency that mm -hmm. manages it for me. So where I have to go in and sign a couple of things or approve something every now and then for the mm -hmm. most part, I don't even know the name of the people that live in my yeah. house. <laughs> well, and I think that's probably too another reason why maybe investors are coming back into the market is because with technology, with, you know, property management companies, but, you know, lenders that can work from anywhere, realtors mm -hmm. that can help you no matter where you're living, um, remote signatures and all that jazz. Um, you can research what areas, you know, what tier you want to be in. Right. And you don't have to purchase where you live. Oh, absolutely. You can not. be a long distance landlord. Yeah. A hundred percent. Someone should start a podcast called Long Distance Landlord. <laughs> long Distance Landlord. Free idea. <laughs> I really endorse purchasing near a military town. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's makes been, total sense. You know, it's been a really great venture for me. Um, mm -hmm. They, military people are 
extremely motivated to make sure that they continue paying their rent because they know that they're going to get restationed and they're going to have to rent somewhere um, or purchase their own. But, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever my my business model is (laughs) to very much support the military town. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So I think we kind of talked about the why this is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, the rent moratorium being up, the fact that people are um, purchasing these homes with a little more lender support than usual. And those people want to get in while the interest rates are still low. The fact that, you know, flippers might be rushing to get a few more flips in before something happens in the market. Exactly. That, you know, people that are purchasing rentals are not as worried about the fluctuations. So all those things are going into it. And then kind of the wrap up is how does that affect the everyday home buyer? What that's done is it's pushed the house prices up Mm -hmm. it's definitely a contributing factor Mm -hmm. because they are flying off the shelves and because they're they're out there Mm -hmm. um, but taking inventory yeah of yeah at the same time though it's kind of is nice and like we said the ecosystem because they they are also adding inventory like i said Flippers are right. adding inventory. Flippers add inventory. Flippers are 100% adding inventory. They're adding um, loanable houses to the market. And, you know, we talk about, okay, get in a house, get in a house. But while the houses are low inventory to purchase, rentals are just as low in inventory to purchase. Mm-hmm. So we need more rentals too. We do. We, we need, do. We need more you know, homes for purchase, but we also need more rentals. So, you know. Right. So, um, houses in the nationwide median Mm -hmm. have gone up in price 13%. Right. Um, this month, no, this year, this year, I'm staring at LaDonna like, okay, give me some more Year, year, year over year. They're up 13%. Got it. Um, However, the sales, uh, and those are just up in price, right? Mm -hmm. The sales of those are up quite a bit as well. Um, Houses under $250,000 are down 24%. Like purchases? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Because they're not super easy to get a loan on. They're not super easy to get a loan on because... Our, the first word that comes to mind is standard, but that's not it. The prices of everything has gone up significantly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, lumber is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything that goes into a house, the price has gone up substantially, Mm -hmm. which has made purchasing a house more expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Our cost of living is way up. Um, So... Sales in homes 250000 and below, mm-hmm. down 24%. Mm-hmm. Sales in homes $750,000 to a million, mm-hmm. up 25%. Okay. And a million plus is up 31%. Nice. Look at all these people oh, making some real goodness. estate moves, climbing the ladder. Yeah. So another really fun <laughs> number that I found was that as millennials, our median uh, income for mm-hmm. a millennial is 
$88,000. Mm-hmm. Home income. No. Single person Single income? person. Nice. Even though, I mean, inflation. <laughs> right. But millennials are finding stable, good-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. And, and they're making bank on them. That's because we're old. $88,000. You say millennials we're, like, oh my gosh, we're making so much money because and we're so young. It's like, well, it's because we're old. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting better jobs we're because making, we're old. <laughs> we're making significantly more money than any gener- generation before us. Okay. Has made at our same ages. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So we're just going to be purchasing those houses and living our best lives. There you go. And maybe you want to add a rental to your portfolio. Million plus house I come. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not there yet. Uh, here's my thing about a million dollar plus home. It's so big and I don't want to clean that. I mean, or if you're hopefully, someone I was going to say, <laughs> hopefully if you're buying a million dollar plus home, you're also <laughs> going to be paying someone to help you clean it. Clean it. But like. But that's expensive too. But that's expensive too. Yeah, um, so yeah, fair. I don't, I don't like to clean that much. I have a max square footage on how much I want to clean. Mm-hmm. And, and after that, I want to hire somebody. But at the same time, do I actually want to pay somebody? And during COVID, can you get somebody? And, you know. You can. You can. You can. At the beginning, but, you couldn't. No, that's true. At the beginning, <laughs> you couldn't. So, okay, to wrap this up, I think maybe this is the episode where, yes, we're talking about investments and, you know, the uptick in people being investors, but maybe this is your sign if you're someone that has been wanting to invest in a piece of property, but maybe you've been waiting or holding off. If you need the lender backed money for a rental property, maybe now is a good time. And, you know, maybe it's not for your strategy, but it definitely is probably worth reaching out to a lender, reach out to LaDonna, reach out to somebody else, reach out to, you know, your CPA, your financial advisor, whatever. And maybe now is a good time to purchase a rental. Yeah. If you, if you've been thinking about getting into the investment side of the real estate market, I believe that now is your moment and you should definitely be talking to me. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to selfishly plug that in there. I think you should be talking to me because because I'm a mortgage advisor and a liabilities manager, and this is what I've been trained to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is look at all these numbers and come up with strategies that work for you specifically in your situation because everything is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you find your, your home to purchase. Absolutely, 100%. Purchase. And we even know somebody you can do <laughs> insurance through. There you go. There you go. So not to end this on a shameless plug, but hopefully you guys were able to get something out of this podcast yeah. i know it was a little bit squirrely at least i feel a little squirrel brained but hope you guys listened got something and i hope that you join us next week yeah for the next episode of not your mother's housing what? market okay so next week is a little special what's going on next oh week? yeah next week i will be joined by jennifer penfold of country financial and we will be talking about how to protect your biggest investment which is your home and yes. why Home insurance is not just necessary to secure your loan, but it's also necessary to uh, make sure that your home stays how you need it to be, stays protected. So yes, that's going to be a very fun episode. Can't wait. I'm excited for it. She's excited to listen from, where are you going again? (laughs) I'm going to a conference. Um, Well, she's excited to listen from her conference. I'm excited to listen from my conference. I'm excited to go to my conference. It's in person. It sounds really fun. It sounds kind of risky. But (laughs) whatever. I'm excited to go. Um, 
Well, I hope you have fun. We'll miss you, but we'll make sure it's an exciting episode. Yeah, I cannot wait. So yeah, with that, that is this week's episode of Not Your Mother's Housing Market. Yes. Please feel free to reach out to either of us on our social medias. We have, you know, you can find us at Not Your Mother's Housing Market on Instagram, Mm -hmm. Not Your Mother's Housing Market on Facebook, Not Your Mother's Housing Market at gmail.com. Send us your questions, reach out. We love to hear from you. And with that, we will talk to you next week. Again, I am Katie Keaton with Realty One Group Pacifica. And I'm LaDonna Page with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, wait. Hold on. I need to turn on our music.